this evening, as we, as we mentioned earlier in this uh, new series of an evening, about the wisdom pyramid, about wisdom in a digital age. Uh, Hamish brought their introduction last week, but it was full of wonderful facts and figures and information and, and things that really made us think. I know already this week, speaking to a few different people, people have made uh, changes in their lives as, as to what they've heard and about where actually we're getting our wisdom and our information from. But I'm just going to ask, um, just going to ask Callum to play um, a video that ju- a brief video that just explains what the the wisdom pyramid is, and then we're going to recap what we heard last week. Is a guide for pointing us to sources of nourishing, trustworthy truth in a post truth age. The first layer of the wisdom pyramid is the Bible, God's Word. If He is the definition of wisdom, then it makes sense that His direct revelation to us should be the foundational layer of our pyramid. Next up is the church. This is God's people across time, our local church, the body of Christ on earth. It should be an invaluable source of wisdom for us. And then nature, God's creation. Scripture says, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. God's creation should reveal things to us about the creator. And so if we spend time outside instead of on our devices, we can pick up a little wisdom there. And then books. This is kind of an obvious one if you think about becoming wise, read books. But I think especially older books, books that have stood the test of time, is important for our wisdom. And then beauty, art, music, things that help us reflect, focus, be attentive to the world around us. Wisdom is not just about facts, it's also about feelings and emotions and kind of that intangible level that beauty can provide. And then finally, at the top of the wisdom pyramid, which is the least important, is the internet and social media. It's not that that can never be a source of truth, but we need to be careful and we need to use it sparingly. Don't make it the staple of your diet. So that's it, that's the Wisdom Pyramid. It's really just a guide to help us be discerning in our media habits, in the things that are speaking into our hearts and minds. We need Christians of all people to be growing in wisdom and not following the ways of the world. Brilliant. So that, that video came from Brett McCracken, as you can see there, and he wrote the book that we're, we're kind of following, we're reading about this wisdom uh, pyramid, and he has much to say. Uh, Hamish, last week, uh, used the strap line, and I think this, this is in the book as well, uh, we are what we eat. Um, and never a truer statement has there been, whether you look at it physically and, and what we physically eat, um, that is a reflection on us, um, but spiritually too, and, and with wisdom, what we imbibe, what we take in, shapes us and turns us into to who we are. So why are we doing this series now? Well, we thought Rachel and Hamish wanted, wanted to do this, and I think they're absolutely right in this, this world that we live in right now, uh, that we need truth and we need wisdom. We don't just need knowledge, we need to know what knowledge to listen to, what information to take in, and how we apply it, and how it makes us wiser and not just full of more information. It's about how to live really not just how to fill ourselves with, with knowledge. Um, so some of you might be um, aware of the food pyramid. I'm sure most of you have seen this. If the Callum's just going to put up a couple of slides for us. So the food pyramid, I'm sure you've seen, um, it talks of a balanced life, a balanced intake of food. We need all these things as we looked at the wisdom pyramid. We need all these things, but in varying degrees. They're all useful to us, just as long as we hit, get, hit them in the right areas and in the right balance. And so that feeds on to our wisdom pyramid. Um, which we've just seen in the video, um, and there are six levels there. They're, interestingly, we need all of those. You know, we, we do need a little bit of all of those. You know, we look at the top one, internet and social media, how important has that been in the last two years when we couldn't actually meet together face-to-face, but it has actually proved to be important. But in the scheme of things, it's a very small amount 
that we should be imbibing and we should be taking in and we should be using. And that he talks about the Bible uh, first. So Hamish used some three slides. I'm using all Hamish's slides. I'm just copying them. I'll be honest, I was very lazy this week, but I thought he did such a good job. So the next thing, the three big problems that McCracken talks about, and we're going to look at these in order now, uh, we'll just touch on them, is we eat too much, okay? We eat too fast, and then we eat only what tastes good to me. So we eat far too much, and we're talking here now about information as well. We take in too much information. We take in that information too fast. We don't dwell on it. We just take it straight in, and we eat only what tastes good to me. And we'll come on to that a little bit later on, is that we only listen to what actually interests us, what we're interested in, or what sounds juicy. So um, this week, we're looking at what should be the foundation of the wisdom pyramid. McCracken in his book argues that that pyramid you've seen at the moment in reality across the church is upside down. And that actually most of us take all our information from the internet, from social media, and the things that look good, the things that we enjoy. Whereas actually we need to turn it upside down and we need to make the Bible the foundation, again, of our information and our wisdom. So this evening we're, we're going to be looking at the Bible and the church, these first two levels. So that the first foundational level being the Bible and the second one being the church. And, and I believe that these, are, these two are real antidotes to this third thing we looked at. When we looked at um, that we eat only what tastes good to me. We can fall into that trap of only listening to what we want to hear, to only looking at what we want to see. But by making the Bible and the church pillars or like foundations of our wisdom and our knowledge intake, it really is an antidote to what tastes good to me because you've got to face up to and read some of the things that perhaps aren't always that comfortable and aren't always what we want to hear, but they're really good for wisdom. You know, there's a difference between knowing what's happening in life and how to live life. There's a difference between information and application. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And we need to look at what type of knowledge we are acquiring and how we're going to apply it. So I'm going to ask, as I said earlier, I'm going to ask Sam and Megan. They're going to come up and, uh, and join me. Give them a hand as they come up because I'm sure they're pretty, uh, they're pretty nervous. So Sam's going to bring some chairs up for us because we're going to, we're kind of, it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid. I'm going to be doing some, some talking, some kind of preaching as normal, but these guys are going to help us out with, uh, with some of their experiences and some of their thoughts. Um, I met them this week to talk about this. We've been over these notes together. And I met them on, um, on Wednesday, and we, I had them over for dinner. And I have to say, I was actually blown away by just how mature these guys are. Um, so I'll let you decide who is the most mature out of the, uh, the three of us. But let's bring these chairs right to the front, guys. Um, yeah, they really were quite awesome. I didn't know where this was going to go, but I was taken aback by some of the things that they were, uh, that they were saying. It's, uh, it's been really cool and a real privilege to spend some time with them. So grab a mic. You take, yeah, you sit in the middle, Sam. Don't worry. So you're far better looking than I am. You stay there. So, um, so like I said, it's going to be a little, bit, a little bit of preaching, a little bit of talking, and a little bit of input from, from these guys as well. So, so like I said, we're looking at the Bible, and we're looking at, at church. And the first thing that struck me in uh, Emma Kraken's book um, was our daily bread. And it goes straight into the, the Bible. Uh, I'll move around a bit. I don't know if you guys can see me. Oh, I see you a lot luckier. You can see me now. Um, it goes straight into the Bible and talks about our daily bread and that man should not live by bread alone. And uh, if you remember, it says in Matthew 4, uh, Jesus said he'd just come out of 40 days uh, in the wilderness. He came to this place of temptation uh, with the devil. And it says this in Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And if, if we look into that, if we carry on down in, in that passage, Jesus replies to the devil three times, and three times he says to him, it is written. So everything, every challenge that he faced, every temptation that came from the, the devil, he didn't phone a friend, he didn't go to Google, he said, it is written. In the Bible, this is the truth, and this is on which I stand. And when the, the devil said to him, well, turn these, turn these stones into bread. Is it true that Jesus could have done that? Absolutely. Son of God, he could have turned it into to bread there and then, but he said, no. He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but from the words that come from the mouth of God. So Jesus was saying that how important scripture is, that whatever he faced, he was going to employ the Bible, employ the truth of the Bible to combat it. So perhaps in the, the information overload that we get, the temptations that we face, we need to go back to the, the Bible as the source of truth and the source of wisdom. I was as I was reading this, I, I thought of the, um, you may or may not know, but the, the Swiss army, this neutral country right in the middle of, of Europe, um, once their men reach a certain age, uh, I can't even remember what that is, but they reach a certain age and they have to go into national service. And when they finish that, they get to take their rifle home with them and it stays in the, in the wardrobe. And then whenever they're called to training, they, they go back and they take their rifle with them. Um, but in the meantime, it stays in the wardrobe. So in the event that there's a crisis, because the Swiss are not a very warlike nation, they don't do this at all. But if there was a crisis, they could just grab the rifle and they could turn it to their nearest, uh, nearest barracks and they could, they could get on with it. They could go into battle. And it just made me think, actually, I wonder how many of us treat our Bibles like that. I wonder, and this is not a guilt thing, but I wonder right now, if you think, where is your Bible right now? Where is it? Is it in the corner of a room somewhere? Is it in the car? Where's your Bible right now? Is it in that wardrobe? Are you, are you waiting for it in a crisis? Are you waiting to grab that Bible and think, I've got a crisis, I need, to, I need to dig into this and I need some help, Lord? Or like our Royal Marines in the UK, they keep their rifle right next to them. As soon as, as, soon as they're out of barracks, it's not allowed to be out of arm's length. They get punished if it is. It has to be on them and with them because it's a thing that protects them in a crisis. And I just wonder, are we like the Swiss and we leave our Bible in the cupboard and we pull it out when we need it? Or like the UK Royal Marines where it's always with us because you no, know, it's the one thing that's going to save us. It is, the Bible is foundational. The truth in it is foundational to our lives and it, will, and it will save us. The truth of the Bible gives us wisdom to respond in the right way when trouble or trials or doubts come. See, in John 6, it says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What you need for life, you will always get from Jesus. You always get from the words of God. He said that he is the bread of life, and he was also the word made flesh. Jesus was the words of God in flesh. All our needs are met in him. So what else do we know about the Bible? It was the original source of wisdom. As we've just said, it was God's words. These are God's words to us. This this Bible is God's love letter to us. It's our like instruction manual. Every time you get something new, you get an instruction manual. We get life, we get an instruction manual and a love letter from God. These are God's words. It says this in John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was made with God in the be- sorry, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
See, what we get from that is, is Jesus, there's no, there's no beginning with God, Jesus, and, and just are. There is no beginning. They have always been. So they don't change. You know, I was talking to these guys earlier, wasn't I? So tell me what happens. You, you're looking something up on Google, whatever it is, the weather, the football scores, whatever it might be. Tell us what happens. If you go back to it five minutes later, what happens? Um, well, yeah, like if you refresh it, like new, new feed comes up, new, new photos, new news, everything. It changes. Like. So, so what you were looking at one minute, you put your phone down, yeah. if we ever do that. We put our phone down, we pick it up again, we do that swipe, don't we, and then we get a new news feed. Yeah, Just a, something completely different. Yeah. So what you were looking at five minutes ago that was so important, Google have deemed that it's not important anymore and you need to move on to the next thing. So you can't keep any track of, this is this too much information thing. But the beauty with the Bible, it's the same every time you read it, isn't it? Every time you open those pages, it says the same thing. It is timeless. It is God's instruction manual to life. It was the same 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, and it will be the same in years to come. It just doesn't change. So where we get this, this kind of fleeting like irrelevance of this information that we get, the Bible is always relevant. And it always provides us with wisdom just when we need it. So that takes us on to understanding the Bible. It's all very well saying the Bible provides all wisdom. It gives us all wisdom. It is a basis of, of our knowledge and, and wisdom. But what if we don't understand it? What if we have trouble with it? Which I'm sure we all do at times. But we have the Holy Spirit. In each and every one of us, we have the Holy Spirit that, that promises to reveal to us the things in Scripture. You've, you've had that experience recently, Sam, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, so, like, all growing up, I knew, like, I needed the Bible. Like, I struggled to ever, like, get into it or get into a habit or understanding it. I, like, I love my worship and I love, like, stuff like that. And I thought, maybe I can just, just do worship and, like, that's my way. But I knew I needed it, but I just struggled with, like, really getting the, like, the habit and just understanding it really I would read it and it would just be like reading a normal book and like it just I didn't really get nothing from it but like what I've realized recently is like it's until it's actually like got the whole like you've got the Holy Spirit in you like it like makes it alive and it's like now like I can read it and like I actually understand it and like I get something from it and like I don't know it just changes and I always wanted to get into the routine of reading the Bible but I just didn't know how to or didn't get nothing from it or understand it I think it was until like I realized the Holy Spirit is really like in me like it would yeah. come alive and like, reveal it to me, but I just... Yeah. And you've seen a real change recently, haven't you? So where it used to be, the Bible was quite a dry, like you say, it was just like yeah. a normal book, but actually you've started to, the Holy Spirit has revealed things to you as, as you've been reading, reading it, and it's made changes in your life as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's good. That's really good. These guys amplified it. We've only got so much time tonight, but when I was talking about some of the things that have changed in their life through reading the Bible and recognizing that they have helped with this, they have an interpreter in the Holy Spirit, it was fantastic. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us a revelation of truth. It is sometimes hard to understand the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our counselor. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, as it is written, <laughs> uh, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. 
These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So if you're finding the Bible hard, if you're finding it, it tough is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've invited Jesus into your life, his spirit dwells within you and his spirit will reveal things to you. They can only reveal things to you that you read. So we need to pick up the Bible and we need to read it and we need to say, Lord, I want some wisdom. I want some knowledge. I want to change. I want this to be foundation in my life and I want you to show me. I mean, there are times I'm reading the Bible daily and I think, hmm, that's great. Let's be honest. Sometimes I read it and it's dry. And there's other times I'm reading something and suddenly I'm just overcome by tears because something has just been revealed to me of the nature of God. And we need to rely on and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to, uh, to give us wisdom from the Bible. So in his, in his book, um, McCracken talks of five uh, tips from, for gaining wisdom uh, from Scripture. And we're just going to go uh, through these now. So Megan, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Okay, so tip number one um, is that Scripture should speak to um, all of life. So like all aspects of your life. Um, so it's not about picking certain parts that you're like, yeah, I'll happily do this and I'll do this, but I'm not quite ready to give that part up. And um, kind of being um, like integral in the same um, at home and school or work and at church on a Sunday like being the same person and living the same way basically that's good and have you found that easy is it easy to do no No? (laughs) so so where is it where is it hard and where is it easy I think for me it's probably more difficult at home I probably lose my temper maybe a bit more than I probably should with like siblings and parents and stuff Um, but yeah also like at maybe college or in a workplace like trying to be um like a real mirror of Jesus and a really like representative of him and like show people what he's like sometimes I find myself maybe I'm getting caught up in what everyone else is doing instead but yeah yeah that's good that's good so scripture yeah needs to apply to all areas of life think of an area of your life where you'd like to see change in we need to apply that scripture to all areas of life there's no dodging scripture there's no I'll do this, as Megan said, I'll do this, but I won't do that. But it needs to apply to every area of life. So maybe think where you're struggling and think, where do I need to employ more of the wisdom of the Bible? Where do I need to, if I'm struggling with attitude, uh, where do I go to find out where that is? Perhaps start in, in James, for example, uh, and have a look at that. So Sam, what's this, what's this second tip? Um, so scripture should shape you and not the other way around. Don't bend the Bible to suit your needs or circumstances. Scripture won't change like newsfeed or opinion. So applying scripture will change us making us wider and um if i look like back at myself like like um like i would just like shape of myself would be like going to school and like i would think like how popular i was or how good i was or like how skilled i was in a certain area or or what people thought of me maybe was like how i would kind of shape myself and then the bible would be more well, too bad I didn't actually do the Bible again, but it probably like like my relationship would be more like filling in the gaps behind, like so I would how I would people would think of me would be like um yeah, how I would shape myself. But like now it's like you should like it's like your Bible will come first, like so like get in your Bible straight away and like shape yourself off that and then you just yeah, just just shape yourself off the Bible and like yeah. those things don't matter, like but 
Yeah. So you, you, were, you were saying earlier, when you were saying that you were allowing life's experiences yeah. and friendships and relationships to kind of shape you, to yeah. make you who you are, and then yeah. the, the Bible's like kind of, like yeah. you say, like an afterthought, like, oh, yeah, it says this and it says that, and maybe I should, you know, do this and, and do that. But now, what, what's changed? Now that you've made the, the Bible foundational in your life, what's changed? Yeah, like, um, well, stuff like social media would be like a big part. Like, I would go to that quite a lot. I would like, spend, not too much time, but I spend like a fair bit of time on that. It used to be habit, just going on it all the time. And now, um, now I, I'm into my Bible, I like to say, like, I just, it just like kind of satisfies you. Like, you don't need that, like, so yeah, I've, like, I've deleted all like social medias at the minute, which was since like my isolation, like because I just didn't think so much time was going towards it. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with social media, but for me it was just a distraction. And I don't know, this just like the Bible has just like recently like just satisfied me, like it's fulfilled me. It's like I don't really need much more. Like it just, I don't know, it just fills me with joy. I suppose. Like, That's fantastic. That's brilliant. Yeah, why not? That's, that's really, I told you, you'd have to work out who was the most mature uh, out of us. You've seen some real changes haven't you, in your life by, by doing this. It really is fun, fantastic. Yeah, well, so we know, allow the Bible to shape us. Allow the Bible to shape us, not us shape the Bible. We don't, we don't take words out of the Bible. We don't change what it says. We apply it to our lives as it comes, the words of God. So the, the third tip is, um, is scripture is valuable as a whole, not just in part. And I think I've probably just, just talked about that. But we, we talked about the, the food triangle, didn't we? We saw that food triangle and we talked about the, the balance of foods that come into our body. And all of us, let's be honest, there's certain items on the food triangle we like more than others. Some of us are better at that than others. And we, we can be tempted to do that with a Bible. We can take the bits that we like and maybe ignore the bits that we don't like. But the truth is, to get a balanced intake of wisdom, a balanced intake of truth, we've got to read all of it. We've got to read it from the front to the back. Every, every bit applies to us uh, in some way. And sometimes that can be confusing. Sometimes we don't really understand what it's saying. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that later. But we have to take scripture as a whole, that whole message that, that Jesus loves us, that he's come to rescue us, that we couldn't live this life as we were supposed to on our own. And so he sent his son. That is the, the message of rescue. If you look through the Bible, that message of God breaking into our lives and rescuing us is repeated through and through the Bible, that, that message doesn't change. It's told in different ways, and sometimes it's hard to understand. But this is, this is what it says in 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you want to change, if you want to be changed by the wisdom of the Bible, read all of it. It says there it's useful for teaching. We do it on a Sunday. It's useful for rebuking. It sounds an awful word, that, doesn't it? But you know what? When you're getting it wrong, you need something to tell you that you're getting it wrong. You know, stop what you're doing and do it differently. Correcting, the same. Correcting, changing us and, and sending us in a different direction. Training in righteousness to become more like Christ. The Bible is full of all these things. And it says, so that the servant of God, that's you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is full of all the wisdom that we need. So the fourth one, scripture should spark worship and obedience. You know, our spirits are stirred when we hear or read truth. You know, this morning we had a wonderful time of worship, wonderful time in the word, and the whole thing revolved around truth. We were singing and speaking out and repeating the truth 
of God and we were hearing and imbibing and listening and taking in the truth of God and that stirs something in us. When we, I, I thought that it was emotion years ago but it's not. When, I, when I'm singing truth and, and it speaks to me about how good and how faithful God is, I'm often moved to tears because the truth of the nature of God is overwhelming. Of how good he is is, over, is totally overwhelming. So scripture should spark, truth should spark wisdom, sorry, worship and obedience. And the more, but the more we speak this truth out, the more wiser we become. The more we adhere to this truth, the wiser we become. Now you've, again, going back to you, Sam, that you've recently had COVID, haven't you? Probably like a lot, a lot of us recently. You had COVID and you had to isolate for, for a week or 10 days. Just describe what, what happened to, her, to you in, in those, those yeah. days. Um, so obviously it's a big change for me because I'm quite busy, like in general, with like work and stuff. Like I do like like farming, it's always busy, it's always like work on, so I struggle to like fit time in, like I have a, like quite a like, social life and spend a lot of time with Megan, it's like I don't always get that time to real, just sit back and like you know, obviously like do other stuff, but like it's a good week of just like, I need to like evaluate like where my heart was, like what needed to change and like I just knew there's areas and habits and stuff that I like needed to change and someone had to like and I need to start new habits, like start new things. And that was my perfect time. And I feel like it's just a bit of like God saying, like, just slow down for a minute, just stop. Like, I needed to stop because I probably wouldn't have else because I'm just quite happy in my little like, routine. But um, yeah, so I just really like got into my, well, I tried to get into my Bible, I, like, and just kept reading that and just realized, like, and just tried to change habits and stuff. And like, I, it just really, like, yeah, like, it's just really good because I just, learned so much and really got into it and the, the habit of it like now and I think I'll just stay like that's what I want to do now like I'll just keep that up now as, I, as I've gone back to work and stuff it's just really I've realized a lot of things over the week like what I needed and it's just been a really good week just to really evaluate like where I was that's at important. and what needed to change yeah. for the new year and stuff really and that's like, good what I wanted to be and what get so you you've always been a worshiper haven't you you love you love to worship yeah. you've always got Dad's always telling me you've got worship music on in your, oh. in your room and, you, you know, you just worship it away. You, yeah. you love God and that's, I love that about you. Um, but like you said earlier, it was, it was all about worship. Now in worship, we do sing truth a lot of the time. We do sing truth in our, you know, in our words, in the lyrics. But it was all worship, wasn't it, you said yeah. earlier. But, so what's the response been? Now that you've got into the Bible, now you've led the Bible to speak into your heart, what, what's your response to that? Um, well, yeah, like I just... I just, yeah, because I, I didn't understand, like, I couldn't really, I struggled to understand the Bible, and, like, I struggled to, like, kind of, like, find it fun kind of thing, like, I just kind of thought it's a chore and a job, but, like, it's more realising it's not, like, a job, like, it's lucky I get, like, the chance to really, like, get into the Bible, like, that's the most important thing, and, like, if you really get into it, like, you just learn so much, mm. and it'll teach you so much, and, like, you realise that, like, the worldly things, like, are just, like, not what you need, like, not, it's just yeah. not, it's nowhere near as good, like, but... Yeah, yeah just oh, that's good. Well, you talked about joy earlier, didn't you? You talked about the Bible now gives you joy. Yeah. Rather than confusing you and finding it yeah. hard, it now gives you joy. I'll just do a slight, a little aside quickly. We were at Young Adults on, um, on Friday night and we started to talk about, um, about where, where our joy comes from in a way, where that, you know, that, that um, chemical in the brain, the dopamine, that when you see something you like or something happens that you like, you get this flood of dopamine in your brain. It's, oh, this is so good. I really like this. And sometimes we look at things or we hear things or we're involved in things and we get that, that hit of dopamine. And we talked about it, didn't we, realizing that actually this, it, the words came to me as I was speaking, said we need to change our supplier. You know, where's our dopamine coming from? Is our dopamine coming from worldly things, as Sam was talking about, that we think give us joy, 
or are we going to get that dopamine from effectively the truth of the word of God? And there are times when we're in the presence of God, when we're reading God's word, when we're singing out his truth, that, that, that dopamine can come. And it's trying to understand that, that, that the, the truth of God, the wisdom of God can provide just as much. Well, more, more dopamine, more comfort, more feel good, not just about emotion, but actually what it does to us can provide us so much more. And, and what you're describing is exactly that. You've kind of swapped out social media and swapped out distractions and, and you've put the God's word first and you're realizing that what, what can come from, from the word of God, that response in worship. Yeah, it's about like obedience here as well. Like, like, yeah. Um, like when you read your Bible, I feel like it just like you have to be obedient. Like after you come out of it, like you just like, I feel like, yeah, you just feel bad, like you know you've got to do the right thing and like things that was like bad to do or tempting to do before, you just like, it's not really an option, I find. Like, I, just, I think it definitely helped me with like just being obedient. Like. But that's not a right or wrong thing, is it? You're not, you're not thinking, oh, that's wrong, I mustn't mm. do that. You, it's that, with that. I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but you described it earlier, is that because of God, mm. because of the goodness of God, you don't want to do those things rather than for you don't have to. Is that, is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's that. Uh, Honestly, the, the, the change, he was always good, he was always good, but the change in this guy, these last, last few weeks, some of the things he's come out of, um, unbelievable. So thank you, son. Thank you very much. So this last, we're moving on, this, last, this fifth tip of wisdom from Scripture. I'll keep this very brief. Uh, scripture doesn't have to make complete sense. This can be a, such a stumbling block to so many people that we don't understand every verse, we don't understand every story. Why is that in there? What does that mean? Well, if I, if I try and put it simply like this, if you think of maths, maths isn't everybody's cup of tea at school. It wasn't mine, I'm sure it isn't many of yours. But if we break maths down to the, to the basic level, to the simple level that you know, we've got subtraction, we've got addition, multiplication, and we've got division. And that, that will never change. They work the way they work. Uh, we're all fairly comfortable with that. And then you move on to things like quadratic equations and letters and putting things on graphs. And by that time, I'm, I'm gone. I've got no clue. But I understand the fundamentals of maths. I know what maths is. I know what adding things up is and taking things away. Things get a bit more complicated, but that's not really going to change my life too much. It's the main thing. And with the Bible, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. You think there are many, many questions about creation. There are many, many questions about revelation. But you know the thing smack bang in the middle that talks about God loving us that much that he sent his son to die for us is keeping the main thing the main thing. That doesn't mean ignore the things you don't understand. It doesn't mean don't pursue them and try and work them out and get help with that, get encouragement with that. But remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Because the wisest thing you can do on this earth is to follow Jesus. And that's what the Bible tells us. So don't worry about the things that we don't always understand. So just going to ask this uh, this beautiful Bible that you've got here, Sam, it's a little bit uh, manly compared to my, my little black book. So, so, Megan, why did you buy Sam this Bible? Um, I think, like, at the start of our relationship, we always said we keep God in the centre, and we're both quite new to that idea of, you know, getting stuck into our Bible and stuff, and um, not saying Sam's Bible before was rubbish, but it was small, no Bible is rubbish, but it was small and... One of his friends, Dan, had this exact Bible, and Sam could not stop talking about it. So I didn't just do it to please him, but it was a lot more thoughtful and you know helpful um, to get him a Bible instead of like a pair of shoes or something, because um, it's something we could we were planning on doing together, and you know you can it's a gift that keeps on giving. Brilliant, brilliant. That's so good. It is, it is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, if you want to. 
If you want to give somebody something worthwhile as a gift, give them a Bible. That's fantastic, Megan. Thank you. So, so we've, done, we've done the Bible. We're moving on to church now. I, I, I have no idea of the time. I'll try and, uh, try and keep moving. 32. 32? Oh, sorry. I've got a couple of hours here. Okay. So we've looked at the Bible and the wisdom of the Bible and, and how we get wisdom, wisdom from that. Um, and it is the base layer. It's the first thing we should go to when we want wisdom and treat it as such. But then it goes on to the, the church, which is interesting. It's quite an interesting one. I saw it straight out. The church, you know, sometimes, you know, church to get wisdom, we're, we're all different, aren't we? Um, but this is what it says in Hebrews 10. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, McCracken says in his book that you, we just hear and see more and more statistics about people leaving church. Uh, my, my thought is, it's just a thought that they're taking their eyes off God and they're putting their eyes on one another. They're taking their eyes off God and, and putting on an organization, uh, an institution. And I think it's, it's tragic in the world that we live in where, where information we've talked earlier is changing and moving so much and so quickly all the time. And yet the church is, a, is an institution and the things it does that are just everlasting. They've done it for so long. They're kind of in routine. It's, it's a good place to be. It's almost like a lighthouse in a storm. It's where you can pin your, your hopes. It's where you can go to for help when things are rocky. There's, because the church, as we know, is not a building. Uh, it's about the people. And the other thing is, is that uh, the, the church points to, and we'll come on to this, an eternal truth rather than fleeting opinions. You know, the, the things that we talk about in church, whether we preached it this morning, whether it was 20 years ago or in 20 years' time, don't change. That doesn't, you've probably heard most preachers have only got three sermons and they just keep moving them around. But it's on the same theme, the same thing. The church talks about the same thing all the time. You know, you think of Twitter, you might read, think, oh, this is trending now. This is trending now. And tomorrow it'll be something else trending now. And the day after that, it'll be different again. But if you step into church, you get the message that God loves you and that he died for you. And that's never going to change. It might be repetitive, but it's something you can hang your hat on because it's not going anywhere. It is, it is truth. And we get that in church. So what are some of the things that church uh, gives us? Well, there's wisdom of community uh, in an individualistic age. We are in an individualistic age. It's not been helped by the pandemic. But you think of these words, iPhone, iPod, iCloud, my story, my feed, my reels, I, me, mine, my truth. You can't tell me what the truth is. It's my truth. Good luck with that. You know, your truth. What is your truth? How do you know what your truth is if you made it up? How do you know what your truth is if it's you that came to the end of it? I I struggle with that, just as a concept. The other thing you hear is follow your heart. Just follow your heart. You know, go where it leads you, which is fine if your heart is pure. But is anybody brave enough to say tonight their heart is totally pure? No. (laughs) No. Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it you know sometimes you can get so close to something if you take your finger you can see it there if you move it close enough to your eye it completely distorts it looks completely different you can't really fathom it because you're too close I think sometimes we're so close to our own heart that we can't really see what's going on inside it and that's why we need the beauty of the church we need the beauty of the church family where people can lovingly come alongside you and say you know what you think your heart looks like it doesn't you know, Kate and I often have, 
have discussions about what I think, how I think I'm doing, how I think I'm doing the right thing. And she's great at holding up the mirror in a loving way, saying, actually, look at this a little bit differently. You know, we can sometimes look at our heart and think we're doing okay. Do a personal health check. Yeah, I'm doing okay. But that's the beauty of the church, is the church can come around you and say, you know, you might need to look at this a little bit differently. And it's a safe place to do that. It provides us with a, a gentle guide to, to point out the issues. And it provides accountability. It provides us with accountability. You know, the, the best thing I think about church and accountability is you don't have to do this walk on your own. Jesus didn't do ministry on his own. He had his disciples. As Dave was talking this morning, some of them were really close. Some of them are wider circle. But there were people he trusted. And then when the church was born, you look at the letters of Paul. There were people that he trusted. He never really did anything on his own. He did it in company with others. We keep each other accountable to our walk with Christ. And then we talk about the, the wider church community. You know, you look, I mentioned it this morning, but you look around now, if you just take a little look around and the tapestry of different faith, nobody's looking around. But if you look around, there's a whole tapestry of different faces, different cultures, different people, and we all bring those things into church. We bring our cultures, our lives, our opinions into this, this melting pot of church. But we all are here for the same thing. We all want the same thing. We want to be more like Jesus. So what a wonderful place to be where people will help us. They will teach us from the platform. They will teach us in community groups. They will pray with us. They will help us. They will, they will counsel us. The church has so much to offer and our walk with Christ and, and in wisdom. There's security in studying the Bible together in doing it together if we do it on our own if we look at pursued truth on our own we very much come with our own truth my truth so Megan you were talking the other day uh, when you were around for dinner you were talking about some lyrics in a song that you you didn't quite get what, what did you do with that uh, well the day after I was just having dinner with my mum and dad and I just brought it up because I thought I'd rather ask the question and sound a little bit silly and um, you know find the answer and yeah so I just asked them so you, yeah, so you just asked them for help, yeah. and they, they yeah, and they explained it to you. Yeah, they explained yeah. to you what it what it meant, and that that's a beauty. So what if um, what if mum and dad weren't around, or you know there was something else you wanted to? Is there anyone else that you would go to? Yeah, so me and me and Sam have quite a lot of discussions quite often, and at the beginning of last year in lockdown, I was on a Bible study, an mm. online Bible study, so all of our chats are still quite active. So always like popping a message in one of the girl group chats or. Um, like a community group group chat or something like that if there was ever something that there was like a little bit of confusion around mm -hmm. um, just to like clear it up and stuff and get different people's opinions and insights on what they think it means. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So this is where the, the beauty of church again comes in is that we don't, we're not reading the Bible and making our own minds up, that we do it together, that we encourage, when we preach from the platform, we encourage people to go and look in the Bible, go and test, go and look at the, what we're saying is true. We're in this community together. We help one another. We help to shape one another as we read the Bible. It can be very dangerous. If, if I take the, the verse, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, if I took that literally, I could get into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. But there's always someone that can come along and say, actually, Paul, you know, it, it doesn't mean that. If we take that in context, if we look at that differently, this is what it means. And that's, that's what we do as a church, is we learn the, the Bible in a safe place together. So we've looked at the Bible as being a foundation. 
and we look at the church as a, as a really good filter, as a really good tool of helping us to read the Bible and understand it healthily. Because if we go maverick, if we go rogue, go and do it on our, on our own, then we start to apply our own truth and our own filter. And we only see it the way we see it. And that, that can be quite, quite dangerous. So if we look at Acts 2, the early church, this is what it said. It said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So they did the Bible together. They did the scriptures together, the teaching together, the fellowship. They spent time together doing this and they broke bread and prayed together. 2 Timothy 3 again says, but as for you, continue what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. Know who you can trust. Know who you can trust. Test what they say against the Bible. If you watch someone on YouTube, you listen to a preacher on you, test what they are saying against the Bible. Test it from various sources. Test it with your home church. Test it with a community group leader. Test it with a friend. Test it with somebody more mature than you that's further on. And if they don't know, hopefully they'll say, I don't know. Because that's the best thing we can do for it. I don't know, so let's go and find out together. And let's work this thing out together. So find someone you can trust. Find someone that you, don't, you know, I don't really get that. Oh, no, I'll go and ask them and work it out. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We are supposed to knock lumps off one another. We are supposed to sharpen one another. We are supposed to get each other sharper, more full of wisdom, more knowledgeable, but more wise to know the Bible, but to know what it means so that when we face situations like Jesus, it is written. I know this and I know what it means. I know what it means to me. I'm not going to fall into those traps. So the beauty of church is, yes, we have different opinions, but there should be no echo chambers. Don't just listen to yourself and what you think, but go to others. And it provides accountability for us. Um, just because we've been, we've been going on a while, so we know there's some things here that we can, we can, uh, we can move on to. But that's the thing I wanted to labor on, really, just as we, as we come into close, is that church provides continuity in a constantly changing age. You know, what our, what our teenagers and young people are into today, we were not into when we were teenagers. And our parents, our grandparents were not into those things at their age. Things change constantly. What we're into, what is hip, what is trendy, what you should be into now. You know, I, I joke at home that I, I was in the Navy and I, I can talk, I can speak a few sentences and people in my home have no idea what I'm talking about. Because I speak a different language. And it's the same with our teenagers and young people. Today I've discovered some of the things they talk about. I have no idea what they're going on about. Because things move on so quickly. But the beauty of church is we stick to our foundations. And tradition can be a dirty word sometimes. I love Dave's stories of, of when he had trouble getting the pews out of this building. You can't get rid of our pews. What if God leaves? If we get rid of these pews, God might just get up and leave. You know, tradition can be can be troublesome it can be difficult tradition but some traditions communion baptism the things that we do together reading the scriptures together worshiping together you go into any bible believing church those things should happen and those traditions are good for us they provide something that we know week in week out that we can hang our hat on that we can trust that we can get wisdom from so in the world, things just change constantly. I guarantee you, you look at your news feed tonight, what's important tonight will be gone tomorrow. But what's important to us as Christians is here today, and it will be here tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that, into eternity. So, so just to close on the, on the church part of it, when you think that there is a fleeting irrelevance in our news, in our social media, it's not all bad. 
We can have fun with it. It can inspire us. There's good things on it. But it's here today and gone tomorrow. What the church teaches was relevant thousands of years ago. And it will be relevant in millions of years' time. And it will never change. You can always stand on the rock that we have been provided with, which is the word of God. So the Bible needs to be our foundation. It needs to be where we get our wisdom from. And read the Bible. If you don't understand it, get someone to help you with it. But get into it. Look at what it says about life. Make that the majority of, of your knowledge intake in a week. And the church, don't teach, teach church just like a weekly exercise. This is a building. We come here for a worship service, morning and evening. But church carries on throughout the week. So meet with friends. Join a community. Join an interest group. Join a walking group. Join a group where you meet with other Christians and you will sharpen one another. You meet wanting to go for a walk. But I guarantee the ladies that go on a walk, they told me some of the things that came up, some of the conversations they had were were bordering on life-changing. Some of them. So spend time with one another. The, the church is not a place. It's not a weekly meeting. The church is a body. It's an organism that belongs to Christ and continually moves and changes. And there's so much wisdom to be had from it. So I hope that you can, uh, you've been able to take something away this evening from what we've said. Um, I really want to thank you guys for doing this. You've been very brave this evening. Thank you. Now, you're, um, before we pray and, and uh, ask the worship team to come back and join us, you've got a challenge, is that right, that we're going to put out to, to the church this evening? Yeah, so am I going or? Yeah, okay. Do you first one? Um, so our challenge for this week is just to make a little chart of um, maybe your phone time or social media time compared to um, your Bible time. This is something that Paul told us to do on Friday night, and I thought it was really, really good. That it's not for guilt. It's not you don't have to tell people. No one's going to judge you for it. But just so that you can look back at it. Is that me? I don't know who that is? Just so that you can look back at it at the end of the week um, and just compare just so that you can see actually really how much time you're investing into things and what is feeding into your life and coming out. Yeah, that's good. I thought another one would be um, like find a new truth, like maybe get into your Bible and look somewhere new, like where somewhere you don't normally read, maybe a book you haven't read for a while or never really like look look through it. but yeah, just find something new, something maybe not the, the irregular one you always read, just try and find something new, learn something new. That's good, that's a good, that's a good challenge, both of those, that's very easy. Record how much you read the Bible, look at the end of the week and see your screen time. Now, if you read your Bible on your phone, you'll have to work that out. But yeah, compare those two, and I love that. Look somewhere new. I had to apologise to Jeff last Sunday morning, I was late getting to church. And you, whether you believe me or not, I don't really care, <laughs> but... I was in the book of Titus. I just got down three chapters in Titus. I'm going to read those this morning. Oh, my word. I just got completely lost in these, these three chapters that I'd not read for quite some time. And it was, it was amazing. And next thing I knew, it was like, I should be at church in 10 minutes. And I've got to have a shower yet. I just got lost in it. It was just so good. So exactly that. Look for a book that you've not looked at for a while and get into it and ask the Holy Spirit, show me something in this book. And, and keep asking. So this week, yeah. Do exactly that. Time and something new. So thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, for being patient with us. And thank you guys. You are absolutely fantastic. So let's, um, let's pray. Yeah, come on, let's stand. But we're going to, let's all stand together. We'll ask the, uh, the worship team to come up and, and to join us. Let's pray about what we've heard. Lord, I thank you for your word. 
I thank you, Lord, for what you have given us, this gift of your word, this gift of Jesus, Lord, your word, Lord, in flesh, this example of how to live, how to gain wisdom. Lord, the, the words of Christ, the Sermon on the Mount, the Gospels, the, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Lord, we thank you that there is so much wisdom in these pages that you have given us. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as we, not just this week, but as we move on in our lives, that we really start to understand the wisdom in your Bible and the fact that it never changes. Where everything around us changes, the pace of life, the information, the, the trends, everything changes, but you never change. You are the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. You are who you say you are and you will never change. We can always trust in you. We can always learn from you and we are always loved by you. And Lord, I thank you for your church. I thank you that the church isn't perfect yet, but one day it will be. And Lord, in that pursuit of being perfect, of being like you, I pray that we would learn to love one another. We would learn to learn from one another and learn to trust one another as we get into your word and get this wisdom into our lives. So I pray, Lord, you'll encourage us this week. I pray your Holy Spirit will reveal new things to us. I pray, Lord, that our minds will be focused on you and on your word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will reveal new things to us new treasure in your word this week so bless us i pray in jesus name amen